Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's in My Head podcast. Today, I'm joined by Spencer, the voice of Clarence. Sir, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. See, that question is always super, super weird because I ask you that question as soon as we get on. And then I hit record because we do a little talk behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. And then I have to ask you that same question. Feels weird, feels loaded, but nonetheless, man, I'm talking to Spencer here. Um, as most of you guys know, Spencer was the voice, as well as one of the main writers. Now, what was the difference between a head writer, I guess, or was a, how did they, how did they have it broken down? You, you started out as, as writing and then you were head, head of writing or? Yeah, so I was, I started out as like, essentially like a staff writer. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had a different head writer who like ran the writer's room who ended up leaving. And then I got promoted to that gig so it's not it's not that different on on that show um at least in my experience with like kids cartoons the writers rooms are pretty small um so it was typically just like three writers total max um but yeah I mean it's it's a little different in that on Clarence I felt like I really you know took the reins in terms of just kind of going through the scripts and making sure the dialogue just right for the characters and kind of just did my own pass on stuff but it, it's really collaborative too like everyone kind of did their own thing you know it wasn't it wasn't too too different between each people each person but yeah so when you're writing these how how long is it taking you to really bang out an episode I've heard from different writers you know different I want to say quotas because when I had we were talking Ed, Ed and Eddie right before we hit the record button um, and then when I had one of the writers on, he was said he'd be happy if he got, uh, what was it, like four sentences a week or some shit, like a paragraph a week that he could actually put into an episode. He would be happy with that. What about you, man? I mean, what's your process? Are you a, I need it quiet. Obviously you said you worked in a writer's room and 2020 was a little different than we talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, everybody's yeah. writing at home and everybody's by yourself. So you don't have that bouncing off unless you're doing what we're doing now and we're talking Zoom and then you're collabing right. at that point. But I mean, what's it like for you as far as getting into a headspace to sit on a write uh, an episode? Yeah, I mean, well, if we're talking about Clarence, like, I think it's for that show, what was really fun about it is like, it was, it felt very wide open in terms of the types of stories that we could tell. Um, and I think what was cool about that is it, it always came from different places where, you know, like we, we try to ask ourselves like, okay, what's something from your own childhood that you haven't seen represented on TV before or like if you have what's kind of a more unique realistic version of that and like kind of just trying to turn those tropes on their head a little bit and um, but other times it would just be like oh I want to we want to do like a a sitcom style episode or that would be fun or let's do like our take on a horror movie and I think that's what was fun about that show is like you know, tonally, it could kind of move around, but as long as, you know, the characters stayed the same and the world was more or less the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that show, there were some episode ideas that we had season one that we didn't get to do until way later and 
things like that. So it, it really depends on the episode, I guess. But now for as far as your process goes, I mean, obviously, like I said, everything's changed now with you know post COVID. Hopefully we're towards the end of post COVID or we're hitting post COVID at least. Um, but like what's it like getting you know, in the mindset as far as obviously you've grown a lot since Clarence has been off the TV and you're working on, excuse me, Victor and Valentino. I had to look down to make sure I don't want to ever mess up. I've messed up easy names and I've messed up hard names. I don't okay. ever like doing that, but you are, uh, you know, you're a writer for that one as well. And we could talk just briefly about it because we can't put out too much stuff, but um, what is it like at least going back in the day, writing on Clarence to writing now, how have you changed as far as your process goes? Yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot on Clarence. Um, I That was essentially my first TV show experience. Um, so it was like going from like zero to 100 really fast, which is unusual. Um, and I feel very lucky for that. But, but yeah, I mean, I think structure was something I wasn't very good at. Like I, I've always been someone who I was just like, oh, who cares? Let's just make it funny and engaging and entertaining. And I think now, especially working on Victor and Valentino, because I, I came in like towards the end of the first season, they had like a really specific, almost like, I don't, I don't want to say formula, but like they had like a structure that they, they liked. And yeah. so I think I've gotten a lot better at kind of traditional story structure stuff. And I think Clarence, to me, I was learning more about like character and tone and the specificity of these characters and what's funny about them. And uh, yeah, I guess that's how, how my writings evolve, but uh, yeah, it's also just a very different type of show too, which is, which is fun, you know, cause like it's, it's sort of like an action-y show. It's basically, it's about these two um, half brothers that they get dropped off in this little town um, and there's all these kind of strange things that happen and they're trying to figure out what's going on in the town. And it's uh, based on Mesoamerican folklore and Aztec mythology. And it's, it's really cool. And I had to learn a lot about that too uh, for the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I think, you know, the storytelling stuff, it's always the same. It's like, you got to have these interesting characters and things that you set up that pay off in a satisfying way and some big act three moment and all that. Like all those kind of basic things don't change, but um, it has been fun to kind of, you know, especially after doing Clarence for so long, like try, okay, how do I write these other types of characters? Like, like I felt by the end of Clarence, I was really good at writing Clarence, you know, but that was kind of it. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I can like tell you exactly what these characters would do or say and how they would react to any given situation. But I think what's been cool about, you know, life post Clarence for me is like, getting to experiment with different types of storytelling and characters and just try to, you know, get my chops on, on other types of writing, which is cool. Now, how big, um, and before we get into that, uh, so by when I, when I asked that question, ladies and gentlemen, it's the, the manual essentially for the show. Um, and I've heard varying opinions on different shows. Like I said, each show is gonna be different. Um, sure. Edit and Eddie as for example, since we brought it up earlier, very, very small Bible. It was pretty much, you know, two, three sentences for almost every single character. And then I've talked oh. to other people where they've had, you know, volumes of, of characters and all this other shit. So what was the Bible like for Clarence when you, when you got that and you started thumbing through it, trying to figure out who these characters were? Do you remember how big that was? Yeah, I think the original one was 
fairly pared down. Like it, you know, it had some drawings of Clarence and a little description, maybe like a small paragraph. Um, and then Jeff, Sumo, uh, Clarence's mom, Chad, Wilson. I don't know if any other characters were really in there beyond that. Like, I think, you know, it's basically the characters that were in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually had me help write another show Bible. Like after the series was in motion, I think as just sort of an internal document so they could kind of yeah. explain it to execs and people that, you know, were advertising the show and stuff like that. And that one was a little, a little beefier and a little bigger. And we kind of rewrote stuff and, you know, just as we were, kind of finding the tone of the show over the first you know batch of episodes or whatever um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't too crazy <laughs> it wasn't like you know like some huge home or anything like that yeah, it's, it's always it's always weird or not weird I guess that's probably a you know ignorant term to use but it's always interesting it's a better term to use uh seeing how different cartoons because at the end of the day I mean it's cartoon whether you've got 10 11 12 minutes you know without uh commercials or you've got anywhere from 22 to 24 minutes without commercials, you know, the structure kind of the same. I mean, you got point A to point B, you got all these characters, you kind of got to, they got to get their shit in essentially. You got to see what they're doing, how they're evolving, how they're growing or how they're not, you know, not growing or not evolving. Um, But it's always interesting to see like what people have to play off of, like, what is this character? And you said earlier that, you know, by the end of the show, you felt like you could write Clarence the best. Who was, and this is always a fun question to ask everybody, but who was the hardest character to start writing when you got on the show? And did that change when you got to the end of the show? Yeah, I think the hardest character to write initially was Sumo. um, (laughs) Because we just didn't really know who he was at first. Um, And I think there's sort of like, there's this one episode, Dreamboat, um, that we did, where it was like, the tone was a little more, I guess, grounded, like closer to like a King of the Hill episode or something. Yeah. It, it was like, like some of the episodes are really wacky and cartoony and that one felt a little more like played down and truer to life. And I think after that episode, we we're like, okay, this is who this character is. Um, but before that, it was like, you know, like if you watch like the Fun Dungeon face-off episode, like even his voice is a little more like mumbly, like a Boomhauer or something. And he, he almost reminds me of, um, I'm blanking on the name, but the character from Wild Thornberries, the boy that the, the brother oh. that's sort of like this little... Uh, Donnie. Like, yeah, Donnie, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so somewhere along those lines, which I think we, we kept elements of that in Sumo, but he definitely evolved as a character um, and became one of the more like complex characters on the show, which was cool. Um, but yeah, at first we were, I think all of us were kind of like, all right, he's like, this gravelly voiced like froggy little rascals boy but we didn't really know much (laughs) beyond that so I think initially that was a a tougher character to write for um and I think I think what was fun about that show too is like we had all these extras like these sort of background kids in the school Mm -hmm. that we just had names for and designs and then over time we're like oh what about that kid yeah let's give them some dialogue let's figure out who they are and I think that was like a really fun kind of almost like a writing exercise for the show where it's like, all right, let's make that person a real character and, yeah. you know, see what comes of it. So. So one character I really enjoyed. And before we get onto that one character, I was just, just mentioning um, bearing the lead there. Uh, I never thought Sumo would be the one that would be the hardest one to write because he always like, I love Clarence. 
I love Jeff. One of my favorite characters nobody ever talks about, Josh, because he always gets. I, I love that Kenny South Park s episode. It's just oh, Joshua, Josh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I I never thought it would would have been you know Sumo. I figured maybe Chad, maybe you know, but it was just like Sumo always felt like anytime he was on the screen, right? I I just started. I was like, oh man, here we go. What's Sumo going <laughs> to do now? Because we all knew that kid growing up. Right. We all knew that kid that was lighting fire ants on fire or that kid that was just just doing whatever he could to get shit started. And just he was just a hurricane. Right. Sure, and yeah. Energy and all this other stuff. He was just coming on when he came on. You knew he was coming on strong. Um, so it was crazy to see that that sumo was so hard to write. Did you feel towards the end? Like, how long did it take you to really get into sumo's head and figure out how to write this character? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe. Like five, six episodes into it, we kind of figured it out. I'm not sure. Like wh- wherever that boat episode lays in the season, it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly. But I think after that episode, um, we're like, okay, we get, we get with this kid. Is. But yeah, there, definitely, you said lighting ants on fire like that. <laughs> there was that sort of almost Beavis and Butthead like yeah. element to him, where we we almost made like a running gag of it, where he gets really scratchy, like the way he's drawn and that we said that was like his kind of inner inner animal sumo coming out, you know, like, um, so I think that was always part of his character, but I guess we wanted, we wanted a little more or something and we didn't really know what else to do with him. Like, like, all right, he's, he's, he's this crazy wild kid, but what else, what else is he, you know? So. Like I say, it's just like anytime I, there's very few characters, not just cartoons, but, but, you know, movies, TV shows, when you see them, you're just like, Oh shit, here we go. And, you know, just thinking about it, like Dave Chappelle is one of those guys. He comes on the screen and it doesn't matter what he just, I don't want to say he looks funny because that's kind of mean, but you just look at him, you're like, oh man, you know, you're about to laugh. There's just certain right, people right. you see them, you know, oh shit, I'm in, I'm in good hands right now. I'm going to laugh and have a good time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, kind of segueing into that. Um, when you have a character like these, or you're trying to build characters, find characters, um are voice actors coming up to you and are they asking you obviously you guys are the ones writing it or are they trying to give you any input on like hey man maybe my character might say this if you're trying to flush out these ideas yeah I, well i think it depends on the series with clarence we definitely casted voice actors that could ad lib and improvise and we intentionally wanted it to be loose in that way um and it was a really great cast of people that are super funny, you know, like Tom Kenny, you know, speaking of sumo, I mean, yeah. a big part of the reason why you think sumo's funny every time he shows up is because of how great Tom Kenny is. And like, he makes it effortless because he's so good at it. Um, and I think that was a big part of the show from the beginning of just this, you know, trying to make it feel naturalistic, trying to have kids that speak how kids actually speak with stutters and grammatical errors and weird you know, <laughs> vocal things that we'll leave in that other shows might cut out um, just to give it that feeling of like, oh, these are real kids. It's not that kind of like um, some, sometimes you watch a kid show and like all the kids have that kind of like, hey, how are you? Like really over the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of acting, which is like, well, kids don't talk like that. Like, you know, anyone who's been around a kid for two seconds, you know, you know, they, they talk like real people. Um, so I think in that sense, like, having voice actors that are comfortable with ad-libbing and you know sometimes we would be like all right well 
let's just do a take where we're all just kind of bouncing off each other and see what comes out of it. And like a lot of times those were the ones that were funnier than what we wrote. We're like, all right, let's use that instead. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely like, I think at every step of production on that show, um, really open to collaboration, whether it was like in the writing, the storyboard artists brought a lot to the table and so did the designers, the voice actors, everybody. Um, and I think that's what was so cool about that show. It's like, there wasn't a ton of ego in it. We're just like, let's make this the funniest, you know, most interesting version of this that it can be. Did you guys get much pushback from the studios or were you guys just pretty much given, you know, carte blanche? No, I mean, yeah, we, we, we definitely had to fight for some things, especially early on. Mm -hmm. I think like this is like, you know, kind of par for the course, at least in my experience with the shows I've worked on, but it's like, it's almost like this thing of like, okay, this is your first season. Like, let's, let's see if you guys really know what you do, you're doing. And like, they kind of, it almost feels like a test a little bit. And then if it's successful and it does well, they're like, okay. And then they kind of back off a little bit and, you know, like, for example, we wanted to do this Clarence for President episode sure. in season one. Um, I think one of the writers, Patrick Harpin, came up with it. And they were like, no, like Jeff is too mean and he's taking advantage of Clarence. And we're like, yeah, that's Jeff. He's like kind of a little messed up, you know, like he's not, he's, he's a little selfish. And like, that's yeah. what's kind of funny about him. And they were like, no, you can't do that yet. And so, I think our last season we ended up doing it. So some stuff like that, where it was like, you know, we got pushback on I'm trying to think of, there's gotta be some, Oh, there's this one episode of straight ill in where Clarence gets really sick. Um, and there's this one kind of gross up like Ren and Stimpy SpongeBob style, like a uh, detailed painting of his face. And we had a whole meeting where we're like, you know, how many seconds can it appear on screen? And then like, we had to tone it down. I think they, there was like boils that they had to take off and just some details that were a little too grotesque, but that was something we fought really hard for. We're like, oh, we love this, please. We really want it in, in the episode. And, you know, they let us to their credit, they let us put, keep it in, so. It's, uh, it's always fantastic when you guys are so adamant about anything, whether it's a piece of dialogue, a piece of art, you know, something vocal that you guys caught that might not have been on script, but he's like, oh shit, this is, this is money. This is gold right here. Right. And it's, it's, it's disheartening when, when, when they say, no, you gotta take it out, but it's equally yeah. gratifying. Right. When they say, yeah, man, you guys get this one. You guys can keep this one in or yeah, man, go for it. You just shoot for the stars. Um, and speaking of gratifying, uh, what was more gratifying voicing or writing for Clarence? Honestly, two separate uh, entities i they're both very gratifying in, in very different ways um i what i loved about voice acting is like you are i mean at least from my own experience i, I didn't have any experience doing it before mm -hmm. clarence and you know it's just fun it feels like playtime and especially with that cast everyone was so giving and like you know there's these really professional people like uh, Tom Kenny and Roger Craig Smith and all these other voice actors and they're all so funny but they make you feel comfortable and you yeah. get to riff with them and have fun and it really did feel like a little family and um, I think there was something really creatively fulfilling about that um, but similarly the writer's room was always really great too and just kind of like making each other laugh and coming up with ideas where we're like, Oh, this is so crazy. Like, are they going to let us do this? Like, let's try this. Or like, Oh, this is so this is a weird idea. I don't know if this is going to work. And 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think what, what was fun about voicing on Clarence is it gave me a chance to really embody the character and ad lib and have fun and see what kind of weird stuff comes out of my mouth. And I think it, they both kind of informed each other, the writing and the voicing. Like we would try to uh, do our own version of like table reads where we would kind of read dialogue in the characters' voices. Like I would just do impressions of all the characters and and sometimes some stuff that would come out ad-libbing there, we'd be like, oh, that's funny, let's write that down. Like, just change the line and let's do that instead, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I love I love collaborating with other people. And like, I think both of those things, writing and voice are different versions of that for me. Like if I'm writing alone, like it's fun, but eventually I have to show somebody, like, what do you think of this? Like, um, anyway, and then also uh, same, same with voicing, like voicing alone in a booth, I'm just kind of like, all right, it's just me. Like, I don't know what the other actors sound like. Am I, am, what am I reacting to? You know, like it's it's hard to to act in a vacuum like that. But uh, anyway, it's my long-winded response. <laughs> oh no, man, I, I really like when people. Uh, I've heard I've heard it used. We use it in the restaurant industry, getting into the weeds, and it's always means something bad. But I like seeing how the sausage is made, if that makes any sense. I like seeing the behind-the-scenes shit because. You know, when you guys come on and talk about what you do, whether it's writing, whether you're an artist, whether you're a voice actor, what have you, um, the last thing I want to do is ask you guys the same damn questions that everybody asks you to try to keep it fun and try to keep it, you know, where it's like, oh man, what's this guy going to ask me next? But in the same context, you know, I try to steer it to the best of my abilities, but nonetheless, man, I like seeing the stuff and hearing the stuff. That's, that's how we came up with this. And when you're in a very, very free and creative environment, which what it sounds like, with Clarence, man, that's where a lot of the real gems are made, man. So you start seeing, oh shit, he said something really, really funny. I got to write that down. I'm going to take credit for it. I'm not going to give Spencer credit. I'm going to take credit for it, right? That's just, <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, I like seeing that and hearing that type of stuff. Now, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, it was, it was a really supportive crew in that way too. Like, I think everyone was genuinely fans of each other on that show. And we're all like, oh man, like, what is this board artist going to do? What is this designer going to draw this week? Or you know, what is this voice actor going to come up with? And I think you can feel that when you watch the show, like that kind of excitement and like, um, kind of, you know, like I said, like it's whoever's in the room who comes up with it, if it's a good idea, we would put it in, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's when you watch this show and I've told the story a few times, but I got out of cart, I got out of cartoons and animation roughly around 2009. That's when I joined the Navy, deployed a lot. So I couldn't really keep up with too much stuff unless it was on a DVD back then. I didn't really watch it because I never was, never really knew when I was gonna be in the States or when I was gonna be by a movie theater, by a television because they don't have that shit in the middle of the ocean, Spencer. So right. <laughs> you gotta watch whatever they got, right? So sure, when I yeah. got out and I started rewatching animation and cartoons, a show that got me back into this was regular show and then regular show would end and then Clarence came on. And usually once I'm done with the show that I was specifically seeking out watching, I would just turn it on something else that I wanted to watch. However, I don't know how, what it was. And this is why I love Clarence so much because it's such a, it's, it's, if I was a child, this is what I want my, my story to be about, man. Just this kid with his two best friends coming up with adventures, going and having just the time of his life in the forests, in the jungles, you know, where 
whatever they were doing, doing whatever they were doing at that point in time. That's what being a kid felt like. And watching this, I remember just getting up, going to get a drink. My kid, you know, picking something else on TV. He's like, Dad, you ever watch Clarence? I'm like, no, not at all. Let's watch it. And then we start watching it. And what hooked me right off the bat was the opening theme song, right? And then them putting their arms in the shirts and then pumping it around. Right. And just, just doing <laughs> stupid shit the kids do, man. Right, um, yeah. And it was just so fun to see. And like I said, you guys can tell when somebody hates their job and you can tell when somebody loves their job. And every episode I watched, man, um, and it's been a while since I've watched the entire series, but every episode I watched, I'm like, these guys were having fun. These guys were sitting here. You knew they were smiling on their way to work. Yes, they might have had hard times, you know, whether it's, you know, they're under a crunch, they were behind schedule, you know, what have you. Uh, should I got rear-ended that type of day? But nonetheless, man, you guys could really see the heart, the soul, the fun, the laughter and everything in each of these episodes. Um, you know, it wasn't a show that had a, you know, a beginning point and an end point. These characters had to get here to here. It really was just what happens i mean what is he a 10 11 year old boy i can't remember uh Something like that yeah we never we never really knew ourselves <laughs> we're like yeah. he's he seems like he's like either like six or 15 depending on the episode <laughs> like depending, i don't think we're ever consistent with it and depending on the day i have that same mentality i could be six i could be 15 or i could be 32 years old like i turn in august yeah, this year yeah, so you know yeah it's varying right <laughs> um but as, as we start to get to the second half of the show, man, I, I want to I ask this question, um, you know, at the end, but I want to ask it now because, like I said, we have so many fan questions. Um, at the end of the day, man, you did so much with Clarence from writing to voicing and everything in between, really. When you sit back and you think about Clarence and everything you did, man, what does Clarence mean to you? Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of the work I did on that show. Um, and what does it mean to me? I think it's, for me specifically, it's just about that time period in my life and like working with the crew of people that I really loved working with um, and just kind of feeling like, oh, I want a golden ticket. Like I can, I'm working on this show. This is like the dream I can you know, it just felt like me and a group of friends trying to make each other laugh and see what we can get away with putting on TV in this weird show. And, you know, like, I think, I think it feels, you know, something that I've heard a lot from people that worked on that show who had been in animation longer than I had, they all said to me, like, this is a rare thing to be on a show with this type of crew that all gets along and like is really excited about what they're doing. And it's not just like, um, oh, pays the bills or whatever. Um, and I feel really lucky to have experienced that, especially as my first show that I worked on. Um, just, you know, it was like a really special kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it'll always be something that will be a part of me and that I'll think back on and as like oh that's so cool that I got to work on that <laughs> you know like wow what a what a lucky thing you know I mean like I said I, I really felt like whenever I sat down and just vegged out in front of this cartoon I always knew I was going to be in good whether it was an episode that might not have been strictly about Clarence or strictly about Jeff or strictly about Suma might have had some other you know secondary and that's always it always seems like I'm shitting on somebody 
uh, what's a better word? <laughs> Recur- reoccurring or um, somebody said one, one, one time, but nonetheless, man, all these other characters that, you know, might not have been the focal point of the show. Cause the show is about Clarence and Clarence right. best friends. You know, I always felt like it didn't matter who was on there. I was going to have a good time because like I said, you guys didn't phone it in. It wasn't a clock in clock out type of job. Like you just said, man, everybody enjoyed doing it. Everybody enjoyed working together. And like I said, you could really, sh- it really shows through this show, man. And like I said, fantastic um so now we're trying to pivot towards the fan questions and we got quite a bit on this one so some will ask ladies and gentlemen some we won't because you guys are assholes but nonetheless some of you guys are really really cool people or you can or you can ask the asshole ones you know that might be fun too no probably not (laughs) well i'll leave that up (laughs) well i'll tell you what I'll ask as many as we can. And then if we get to the point where you just don't want to add, you don't want to talk about it, we can just say, we'll skip that one. Um, okay. so I'll, I'll leave it completely in your hands. If you get mad at anybody, you I'll get hit the buzzer. <laughs> we need to get a buzzer for this show. There's been plenty of times where we needed to have like an energy button or some shit like that. But nonetheless, <laughs> if he says we skip it, you get to get mad at Spencer and not Julian. So nonetheless. I'm back on social media so you can send me all the hate you want. <laughs> Oh man, that's, that's, that's opening up a dark, dark door. Cause there, the, the, if I've noticed anything, or if I've learned anything in my many years of, on the internet is the internet never loses Spencer and uh, they right. can be ever, ever reminding, especially in your darkest days or like you're just having a bad day. Or like right. one person will send the greatest tweet ever, but it hurts so bad. It cuts right. super, super deep. You're like, Oh, how did they know? That's my one insecurity <laughs> about this thing. Like, oh, geez, stop. <laughs> log off <laughs> so uh life sack great question or <laughs> great uh great name uh what was the relationships well i guess we already asked that one but what was the relationships of the cast like behind the scenes um like were there any arguments that would contradict or relate to their roles in the show i think you summed it up quite a bit there uh you guys seem to be working well with each other yeah no i mean it was it was pretty like everyone loved working together and I think we it was like the feeling of like you're in a class and you got paired up with your friends for an assignment and you're just like goofing off so much and to the point where the teacher's like okay come on guys like I don't want to separate like there were some moments like that where we would all get in the booth and we're just catching up and making jokes and laughing and uh Christy Reed, who is like amazing uh, voice director, she'd be like, all right, guys, come, come on, we gotta, we gotta get going here. <laughs> like, so I think, I think to me that kind of sums it up where it's like, we were all just like to be there and trying to make each other laugh. And it was really fun, yeah. So who would usually start that? Like when I mean start was who kept it going the longest? Was it, would it be you? Would it be Tom? Would it be Sean? Who was it that was instigating, trying to get the other ones to be- <laughs> I, get think, yeah. I think I think me, Sean, Katie, Katie Crown, whose voice is Clarence's mom and his teacher, uh, all of us. I don't know who. I mean, Roger Craig Smith, maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I think just getting us all in a room together like that, we would we would be trying to crack each other up, and especially when there was a break, it was like, okay, now we can talk and you know mess around and then like coming back reeling us back in from that wasn't always an easy task i'm sure 
So there, that's one thing that's never really come up. And you're the first person I think that's actually said that when, you, and I never thought about it because everybody kind of needs a break depending on, you know, or well, not depending on everybody really needs a break. Um, what would a normal set when you go in there and voice stuff uh, sidebar here on the questions, what would the normal, you know, like, would you guys start like, say if you started at eight o'clock, you guys would go for a couple hours or how was that set up broken up? Yeah, something like that. I mean, usually it would be like a midpoint where they, you know, it's like maybe 10, 15 minute bathroom break, coffee break, whatever. And then we go back in. And then sometimes depending on, you know, like who was recording that day, uh, if there was like a bigger, you know, guest star actor, it's like, we kind of, it's usually planned around them where it's like, okay, well, they can show up at this time. Let's get them in and, you know, make sure to record this stuff first or whatever. Um yeah, it really, it really depended on actors and their schedules and stuff too. But uh, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It really does. Um, so there was one thing else I wanted to ask you when, obviously I can't, my voice is super annoying. So I can't do oh, what exactly. you guys can <laughs> with you guys' voices, changing pitches and all this other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And some of the characters I've talked to, I got to imagine, I mean, Tom's probably been doing it for, you know, decades now at this point, I know he's been doing it for decades yeah. now at this point. Um, for, but for Sumo, Sumo had that really, really graspy, raspy voice. Mm -hmm. um, would Clarence, would Clarence take a lot out of you when you would do his voice? I mean, w were you sipping tea and stuff in between scenes or was that one just easy to slip into? Clarence wasn't too tough. I think the stuff that was hard would be like, I don't know why, but there was a string of episodes where I felt like every session it would be Clarence yelling like or like jail or whatever you know like some long i don't know or just like ah! and like i think whenever that would happen my voice would be shot but uh i also did the voice of this character called balance that's in two episodes and that that one definitely was i mean i'm not i don't have the vo chops that some people have so that one for sure was like sandpaper on my throat or it's like sorry i'm just gonna drink some more tea hold on one second, you know um but for the most part i think clarence wasn't too too tough of a range for me no i mean it, it like i when, whenever i hear you talk and i really really listen to you talk i start picking up like oh oh there's a little bit of clarence right there because it's, i don't want to <laughs> say it's too far from your natural voice but there is some no, yeah yeah maybe i'm just stupid i don't i don't know what it is like it's with voices like i can go like this and then I'm like, oh, that's, you know, Rob Paulson or, oh, that's uh, Tom, K you know, insert totally, here. Yeah. If my brain worked for math and science, essentially what I'm getting at Spencer, I'd be a <laughs> millionaire at this point, or I'd be on some kind of panel preaching to somebody, giving me money and all this different type of shit. But here I am, yeah. I can tell you every Forrest Gump movie quote, and I can tell you cartoons <laughs> and shit that I like. There's no real job for that other than what I'm doing now. Um, but my girlfriend calls that tv brain she's like you have tv brain i don't have that like i'll remember like little details from movies and tv and like you're saying i can recognize voices but you know important information is just yeah it's, just, it's like it's stuff. like I, I don't i just found out how to change a tire a few years ago um i just learned how to change the oil in my car you know a few years ago like all this stuff that you should <laughs> learn as a little kid you're like i don't have i mean look look at this it's all cartoon shit ninja turtle oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, e. in the back, man. E.T. I mean, I love the E.T. in the back. And we had Gumby. Gumby was actually one of the first things I got super into when I was really young. I love claymation and stop animation, all that oh, type of too, shit. Yeah. It started with Gumby. Um, and it's one thing, it's one show and movie that never gets brought up enough is Gumby. Just to, just to how much they, I don't want to say innovated, but I, I got to imagine there's a lot of people out there that saw that and like, oh shit, I'm inspired 
by this yeah. bastard Gumby. And then I'm going to start doing this. And you have all these spawns of, of stop animation and claymation because of this one movie, this one entity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, it should never get, and of course, Garfield in the back, everybody hates Mondays. Um, and everybody, well, with the exception of, you know, celiac, everybody loves lasagna, you know. Um, <laughs> I can't remember how we got on this tangent, but nonetheless, it was fun. Um, oh, yeah. Get back to, let me pull up some more of these questions here. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, um, when you would do uh, Clarence, mm -hmm. obviously you weren't a voice actor before, or did you do any voice acting before you got onto Clarence? Not professionally, no. I mean, like, just little things in, like, you know, friends projects and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing real like that, like Clarence. And, and I was also, you know, like, I wasn't the first voice for Clarence, so I was kind of, or I think originally I was more doing, like, an imitation, and then, as you kind of already said, like, it sort of evolved into its own thing over time where maybe it was closer to my normal voice or I don't know. It was my own take on it, I guess you would say. How, how many times have you used it the right? I, how do I ask this question? How many times have you used, because there was a story, I had Rob Paulson on one of my first mm -hmm. episodes and I was like, hey man, how many times have you used this? I don't want to say to get out of trouble because I'm not like saying, oh man, I robbed a bank. Oh, I lost you. Can you hear me now? You still there? I can hear you. Can you hear me? All right, so we're back. Now, when I, had, when I had Rob on, I asked him how many times he would use the voice, not to get out of trouble like he was about to rob a bank and he had to pull out <laughs> Raphael or Donatello or Yakko or Pinky, uh -huh. insert name here. But how many times have you used Clarence to your advantage? Do you have street cred oh essentially is what I'm getting at with Clarence? Not never, ever. What? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly genuinely surprised when people know what Clarence is and I'm always like oh my god you know oh that's so cool <laughs> like like yeah yeah like I I almost never use it and I think only if someone was like a big fan and they're like oh my god could you do the voice on it I would but but yeah I don't I don't use it a lot I just I I feel like I still assume most people are like what is that is that I would like Rick and Morty is that? Me, <laughs> like, no not really <laughs> I would have everybody call me Clarence I would do nothing if I could do <laughs> voices like I would walk around yeah and you well, don't I call think, me dead I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like you know I wasn't the original voice I didn't come up with the character so I think there's always going to be part of me that like doesn't feel like I truly have that ownership or like that right to to go around doing that um so I think that's part of it but also yeah I don't know like Clarence is one of those things that like I think it has like a small but very strong fan base at least that's my perception of it where like you know it never reached the kind of like adventure time uh, level of fandom I like um, it but people adventure time. <laughs> thanks I wasn't fishing for that I, I oh, think adventure no. time is amazing I um, I do too, but I think this one was way better for me, at least, you know. Oh, thanks. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I, I still feel like it's like almost like this little weird thing that like me and some friends know about or something. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but oh, it kind of makes it cooler in a way. I don't know. It does because think about it this way, man. Uh, you a Kevin Smith fan? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Kevin Smith has a very niche audience, if you will. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody knows if you like Kevin Smith, you like pretty much everything he does. And that's with this show specifically, when you said you don't feel like it's as big, like when I posted this question just on Reddit alone, it, I mean, I don't know if I can, if you can see it. Well, obviously not because I just attached <laughs> it. So probably, let me see. Too bright, I think. Yeah. Let me try it this way. So 
I just posted a picture of Clarence. <laughs> and all I said is, we'll have Spencer on. If you could ask him anything, what we have. My phone was going off like this. I had to take off the notifications just on Reddit alone because I'm sitting here trying to watch stuff on on my phone. And it's just like, oh, ask him this. I'm like, shut up. I know I just asked you to ask me to ask him. I'm like, shut up. And I'm trying to swipe up. And I just had to turn it off because it was fucking frustrating. Well, that's cool. I like that. People, people care. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, like, like I said, when, when you said it, you didn't think it was that big. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, God damn. I mean, I didn't watch this when it came out because I just I wasn't near a TV. So once yeah, it hit yeah. Hulu, I was like, oh, shit. You know, it's like we're, I've never done heroin before, but I'm looking for the vein. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I need that Clarence vein, right? And also, if you've only watched on Hulu, there's more episodes that aren't on Hulu on HBO Max. The, the well, full I've got series HBO Max now, too. So, yeah, so, so if you've only seen the ones on Hulu, you actually haven't seen the full series. So that's a nice thing to look forward to on HBO. I'm writing that one down. H- yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I was kind of hopeful. Like I was really excited that they put it on HBO because it was the first time the whole series was on there. And like, I was hopeful when I heard about that, I was like, Oh, I hope it finds new people that I've never seen it before that way too. It's got to, I mean, there's so many shows that I've went and watched that I did not get to see, you know, during its run, because like I said, I just wasn't around. I didn't, I didn't feel like watching shit. And now sure. that I've got, and now that we, now that I got, everybody's buying all these goddamn streaming services now. Sure, right. <laughs> everybody's like, just cut the cable. It's cheaper. We're all trapped indoors for a year with yeah. nothing to do. <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm in Florida. So now, I mean, we left. <laughs> Florida is the wild, wild west. When like, we've been going out. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we, we ride gators to work, Spencer. I mean, it, it's it's insane. Like, I was off until, because I work in the restaurant industry during my day job. Oh, okay. And we got hit real hard. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I want to say the hardest industry, but we got pretty, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I always was told, if you want to have a job, do it in the food industry because everybody needs to eat. You know, right, that's never going to go away. And then it's like, yeah. Just, crazy thing happens that none of us saw coming no i mean it really didn't and then you know i always took i always took offense because my teacher my teacher and you know rightfully so because i just didn't give a shit about school was like man you're gonna flip burgers for the rest of your life and she was half right because i'm doing expensive burgers in these restaurants that i work in you know 20 and 25 dollar burgers so it wasn't mcdonald's like she was waiting but you know i'm coming up in the world i'm making these bougie ass burgers um (laughs) But uh, fuck, man, I keep going off on these wild tangents. We're supposed to be sitting here talking about Clarence. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, shit, man, there's a point I was trying to hit. I need to start writing this shit down so I don't forget. Talking about COVID, HBO Max, Clarence, Hulu. Man, it's like you're a writer or something, bro. You should be doing this <laughs> shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's just so many shows that I've gotten to catch up on now. And with the streaming services makes it so fantastic and so easy mainly because yeah. i don't have to watch these fucking commercials that's what there's nothing worse yeah. than you're, you're laughing at something and then you've got a johnson and johnson commercial or you've got some maybe right. or whatever the fuck it is you're like, this has no comparison with what i was just wa- i was watching two kids fight in a jungle and throw shit now i'm watching some lady <laughs> trying to sell me shaving cream or some shit like that i was like this doesn't make yeah. any sense you know but nonetheless let's get to some more questions sure um I don't know. Well, you just if you have to, just say pass. So, okay. Um, what ultimately led to the third season ending the series so abruptly? And are they planning any new seasons or spinoffs? Okay. Um, if this person watched on Hulu, it might feel more abrupt than 
if they watched on HBO, we actually had an episode that at least kind of wrapped up the little mini arc we did in the last season, which was a uh, sumo transferring to a different school. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we talked a lot about different ideas of how to end it. And we just kind of felt like we wanted it to just feel like um, the world of the show could almost imply that it could live on beyond the series. Like, ah, just, you know, if I was a kid watching this, it would feel like, oh, these characters that I've grown to love, they are just kind of out there doing their thing still, you know? Um, And so I think we wanted to give it that feeling, but in terms of like why the show got canceled, I never got a real answer on that. I mean, maybe the ratings weren't doing as well. Maybe it was like related to, uh, you know, like them wanting to just have a new crop of shows. Like I remember talking to an executive who kind of explained with kids stuff, like, you know, kids grow up on these shows and then they kind of outgrow them. Mm. And then there's, unless it's like a mega hit, like they kind of want a new batch of shows for a new group of younger kids to grow up on. So I think that might be part of it too, but yeah, we never got a real thing, um, you know, definitively about that. And then as far as like a spinoff or new episodes, not that I know of. <laughs> there are, um, we did do a ton of these like little, they called them like mini-sodes. They're like these web shorts. And I was trying to get those on HBO too, but a lot of them are, I think you can watch basically all of them on YouTube. Um, but those were cool. That's like bonus content if you're looking for more Clarence stuff out there. <laughs> but but yeah, not, not that I know of. I feel like I would have heard of something. <laughs> Maybe they're just waiting to send that email to get that like one last push. We need one more person to be interested in this show and then we'll really push it over the edge. There you go. Maybe one more uh, <laughs> petition online or something. <laughs> yeah. um, do you feel like you've said, because you said you got to wrap it up to an extent mm-hmm. um, with sumo transferring, but do you feel like you've said everything you wanted to say with these characters. Obviously you can always find something else to say. Sure, like if, sure. if you never had, if you didn't have the opportunity to write another Clarence episode, right. do you feel like you've said, and the cast and crew have written and said all they could say about Clarence. And do you I feel like so. I mean, the right way? Yeah. I mean, there's like a handful of episodes that we didn't get to do that would have been fun, but like nothing that we were like, oh, we have to do this, or it's such a big disappointment. And I also think, too, like, with TV shows that go on forever and ever and ever, sometimes they they get a little stale. Yeah. And some of my favorite shows only lasted, like, two, three seasons, and then that was it. Um, and I would hate for, you know, Clarence to come back in some form and then just kind of lose its magic. And, yeah. you know, also, I think... Like I was saying before, a lot of what made it so good was that particular crew. And at this point, everyone's kind of gone on and they're all doing different other things. So it would it would just be really tough to recreate it in that sense, too, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's like I said, I always like asking that question because obviously anybody can say anything about those characters. But I always like hearing that even though something was cut short or even though if something went a little bit too long, if you guys get to say everything, there's nothing worse than having something to say and no audience to really say it to. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just detrimental in a creative field. Like you've got all of this shit you want to say, but if there's not somebody out there willing to listen, then, you know, I don't want to say what's the point, but it's like, it's disheartening (laughs) in the sense. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
knowing that I've got more shit I could watch now on HBO Max, which I'm super excited. I'm so glad if I didn't get anything at all from this conversation we're having. Yeah. It's the fact that I get to go watch more episodes as soon as I'm done here on HBO Max. Yeah, I, I'm I'm friends with someone who's like one of the biggest Clarence fans, um, uh, Nick Gadsden, and he was talking to me and like he didn't even know about that there were more episodes. I think a lot of people that only watched it on Hulu, they were like, well, that's it. Um, so yeah, I want fans out there to realize like there's more you haven't seen if you've only watched Hulu and they're on HBO if you have that. So <laughs> Get was- a trial and watch them. <laughs> that's what it's funny, oh, man, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, or, you know, if this thing ever gets as big as I would love, to, I would love to sit there and be in everybody's YouTube channel every single day, just everybody just, there's something about when it comes to animation, like we know who Clarence is, we know who Bugs Bunny is, we know who Hank Arnold is, but very rarely do we know the people like Joe Purdy that wrote, or excuse me, not wrote, drew some of these episodes for Hank Arnold. We don't know the Spencer Rothwells that were back here, not only writing, but voicing Clarence, man. And that's what this whole podcast is about. I want people to know you guys' face just as much. And I don't have a Clarence pop, unfortunately. I don't, th- I don't know if they made them. You know, so we're just going to have to go with a uh, little Hey Arnold here. Um, you know, I want people to know just as much about Arnold as they do about you, man. And that's what this thing is supposed to be about because we're the first generation of fans that really get to do this, not so much just doing this on Zoom, but it's, you know, I don't want to say giving recognition because you guys got recognition. You, you got your name in the credits, but sure, yeah. you get 22 minutes of an episode and you get 10 seconds worth of credits and the credits go by so fast. Yeah. Blink and you'll miss them. Yeah. yeah. And then they get scrunched in the corner and then like yeah. they play a commercial or like the beginning of a different show or something. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's, <laughs> if it's on live TV. Yeah, and I understand the point because you're not making money and extent with the names that are scrolling by. You're making money with the characters that are running by. However, it's, I don't want to say it's not fair because life's not fair, but it's it's detrimental, I guess, is what I'm getting at because there's so many people that when, some of the people that I've had on here, when they tell me stories about the writers and the artists, the people that very few people know about, unless you're a hardcore nerd into a show, go unseen like and i'm pretty sure a lot of them want to be like that i'm pretty sure that you know everybody likes one of their favorite restaurants and then not being fucked with right and there's people like tom kenny and rob paulson another one billy west can't go anywhere do fry do donnie do insert character (laughs) right right? yeah there's there's some anonymity that a lot of people like but i feel like it's a disservice it's it's one of those things where i don't want to sound like a pretentious cult leader but I feel like I've got some kind of calling here, man. I want, like I said, I want people to know more about Spencer. I want more people to know, you know, all of these people that go and create these shows that we absolutely love that, that doesn't get brought up enough. That doesn't get mentioned. Like I said, we should know what your face looks like. Just like we should know what Clarence looks like. We should know what Spencer looks like before we know what Clarence looks like, or at least simultaneously (laughs) is what I'm getting at, man. And that's what I love doing about this podcast. Um, just Whoa, to get yeah. this- and i hope kids that are interested in animation get to see because like you know when i was a kid i would get like go to the store and get a dvd set of like futurama and you know it's a pre-streaming and i would watch every episode and then i would go back and re-watch them with the commentary yeah and nowadays i don't you know if you're on a streaming service they don't really have that anymore um and i feel like i learned a lot about animation just by doing that as a kid so i think you know if i was growing up now i would love something like this you know 
Yeah, it, it's just, I was the same way, but I did it more with movies than cartoons because to buy a movie on a DVD, it was like 20 bucks. My first two DVDs yeah, I yeah. was Joe Dirt and Joe's Apartment. I don't know if you remember that one. The cockroach one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody <laughs> go as soon as you say the talking cockroach, it's like, oh, Joe's Apartment. <laughs> uh, those are the first two DVDs I bought. And I loved buying the director's cut editions of DVDs because I wanted to watch the movie, but I wanted to watch the movie with the actors and the writers and the directors, why right. this scene matters, why this scene is so beautiful, why it's so artfully done. And that sounds so pretentious and so douchey, I know, but why it was done this way or how it was done this way is just so fantastic. And I love seeing the input from these guys. Um, and it's fantastic to see that somebody else did the same thing, but with animation, which I think is fucking amazing. Yeah, I was a, I was a nerd too. <laughs> <laughs> so plowing ahead here with some of these more, the real Buscemi here. Um, he wants to know what influences in real life or in media help create Steve? the voices for the characters in the show. Okay, yeah. Um, well, Sumo, like I mentioned, was... Uh, Froggy from the Little Rascals was the reference point um, to have like the kind of raspy voice. Um, Clarence, I think, I don't know if there was any like specific person that was based on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jeff was just Sean's voice, yeah. <laughs> Sean Gambroni. And we just like, we love Sean. I mean, so much of him is in that character. I mean, he's a lot, he's like a very sweet, nice person though. I think the, the crappy parts of Jeff's personality are not Sean, but he's like, I mean, because when he started on that show, he was pretty young and like he was very eloquent and well spoken. And he went, Oh, well, thank you very much. And like he just spoke like a little adult. And I think a lot of that went into Jeff. Um, trying to think of other Did he ever wear a bow tie on set? Because you'll just hear him, you like, This guy, I'm a bow tie guy. I don't wear ties whenever I have to dress up and shit. I have to church this shit up. I get into a bow tie. I've got three bow ties, one Batman, one Ninja Turtle one. And I, I can't remember what the other one, I think it's Flash, um, <laughs> big comic book guy. So yeah. the only way they can get me to dress up and shit is if I get to put some kind of panaz on it, you know, some kind of right. style, some kind of me on there. Yeah. Uh, but I, every time I hear Sean, I'm like, this, this fucker shows up in a three-piece suit and a bow tie, I imagine. And <laughs> <laughs> not, that I, not that I ever saw, but... But yeah, he was he was like the sweetest kid. I really liked working with him a lot. Yeah, I, I love that show, The Goldbergs, man. It's it's such a fantastic show. And then just seeing like all the, you know, the Back to the Future episode, the Goonies episode, you know, all this little stuff. You're like, oh, fuck, I, this is done by somebody that loves this medium. And I, and I absolutely love that shit. Um, I think you kind of answered this one, but uh, we can glo gloss over the first part because uh, the second part always gets asked. Um, how did you get into voice acting and are there any tips you could give to newbies? And that's yeah. by uh, Bug Bugut2, I guess. I'm not sure. So, uh, Well, Bugut2. Um, I, yeah, I, well, I think it was something, like I always did voices. Like ever since I was a kid, I liked, you know, trying to do imitations of like either like when I was really young like uh kids at school or like my friends or like teachers voices whatever um and then I think like watching SNL characters that I thought were funny I would like try to imitate those character voices which commercials what's that which character from NSL oh you know like coffee talk and stuff like that and then like <laughs> I think I think I would try to imitate like uh tv 
you know, like call now, but like newscastery sort of voice. I thought that was funny. And, you know, so it was always something that I was interested in, but then actually getting into voice acting, um, my path was very abnormal. It was like, I was already a writer on the show. And then we were like auditioning and I had been doing all the like temp audio for animatics and they're like, Oh, let's, you know, see, see if you can do something. Um, but yeah, I think my advice for people who want to become voice actors is it's very similar to live action acting. It's like you make a reel of an audio reel of all the voices you can do. And there's websites that you can post online. Um, you know, start out doing projects with friends and upload those, you know, maybe do some little like student films or whatever. Um, and then hopefully eventually you can get like an agent and they'll send you auditions. And, you know, it's, all, it's just like the other kind of live action acting, you know, yeah. you, you record a million things and send them into the world and hope that someone likes what you did and, you know, that you get a gig doing a voice. But yeah, that's that's basically it. Well, what was what was the first day when you got the voice for Clarence? I mean, I got to imagine, like, if it was me, I would have shit my pants right Oh, away. yeah, yeah. I felt like it, it definitely, like, I, I don't even know if imposter syndrome is the right word. I mean, I just wasn't <laughs> an imposter. I was like, what? why am I here? This is, like, Tom Kenny is right next to me. Like, what the hell am I doing? Um, but, you know, like, they were all, all the more professional voice actors were very encouraging, and I think I learned a lot just you know, through osmosis, just being around these people who are pros and being like, oh, okay, that's what that is. That's what you do. And like, you know, little tricks of like, you know, like, I have food in my mouth now, like stuff like that. I was like, I wouldn't have known to do that. You know, think, things like that. Um, Fucking amazing. Yeah, oh my God, I was so, so nervous. That, that's amazing. I was always wondering like, how, like, do you guys eat? And then, cause there's nothing like, I don't know what it is. There's, there's a word for it. It's like, uh, if you're afraid of spiders, you're arachnophobe. There's there's something mm -hmm. in there for people that that talk while they're eating, and it drives me mm -hmm. fucking insane. But it, it's just like it's one of those <laughs> yeah, things. That I just imagined. I just imagined you guys would just talk and eat, mm -hmm. and that's how you guys recorded. I know, you know, that's With the first water. Sometimes I would take a drink of water if the character is supposed to be like, you know, swallowing whatever. Like they're, I don't know, not drowning, but yeah. I know there's some reason why I did that at some point, but I can't, I can't place what the scene was, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 but yeah, going back to the original question, like I was so nervous. I was like, Oh, this is, I don't know if I can do this. Is this going to be bad? And just trying to be like, all right, I'm just going to push through this and try my hardest to make it, make it good. You know, and I think I worked out I, like it's, it's like anything. I think the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, dude, I, I had fun with it obviously you could tell from the original to you, you know, there are a lot of similarities, but there are also a lot of differences. Cause you, I don't want to say it's going to sound like I'm, uh, yeah, it's going to sound like I'm dumb, but just, I'm going to use the wrong words here. It's like the pitch, you know, some, some have more, you know, I guess deeper. I don't fucking know, man. It sounds like I'm sitting here trying to tell you what's so great about this bottle of wine and that <laughs> bottle of wine. And I don't, no, I don't, I know what you mean though. You know, you know, so you can pick out, you know, for sure you and him. And there's mm -hmm. some things like, Oh shit. It's either this is like really eerie, I'm really dumb, or I'm really stoned because I can't tell the difference, and you know it's it's really weird. Well, I can't I can't even tell the difference sometimes because there's 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 like I said earlier, there's like some episodes where you know it's mostly him, and then there's like a couple lines that I filled in that are me. And the earlier on, I think I was really just trying to do like a straight vocal match, mm -hmm. um, and then I think over time I got more comfortable with my own interpretation of the voice. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, no, I don't think you're dumb. Hopefully, if I did a good job, you you can't tell the difference sometimes. I like <laughs> at least well, initially. Most of the time, I watch this, I'll I'll burn a joint, and I'm like, well, when we're gonna sit here and we're gonna get at least three or four episodes in, and I'm going to like, and my wife looks at me. She gives me that I can't believe I let you fuck me look. She just like oh, you, you like this shit. Like it was with this one and Mike Tyson mysteries. You ever watch that show? Yeah, yeah, I like that one. It's pretty funny. That like she just like and, and this is somebody that watches Grey's Anatomy. I'm pretty sure it's a fantastic show. I've watched tried watching it so many times with her. I just can't connect with her on this show, and uh-huh. I don't say anything about her shows. And then she just. <laughs> Uh, right so um yeah i mean there's still such a stigma i think with cartoons and they're like well i'm not you know like i'm not 12 years old why would i be watching i don't have kids or whatever and it's like yeah it's, it's fun it's cool i don't know i love animation still i'm you know 31 i i, I watch cartoons all the time so i'm 12 up here <laughs> so um medium oh man i think this is i think it's meet medium bum or medium dumb I, i'm not sure uh <laughs> Uh, and then Elizabeth Danger, have him answer all questions as Clarence. LOL, Elizabeth Danger, I second this. Uh, <laughs> not even really a question. It's too, late, I, too late for that. Yeah, I can I answer mean, some as Clarence if you want. Uh, does the show? Oh, you already answered that one. Um, in any way, does Clarence resemble you or someone you hope to be? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think like you know if you play any character for long enough, you kind of have that weird thing where like they rub off on you and you rub off on them. Like, um, like I, I definitely connect with Clarence. I think especially as a kid, I was really naive in a way that Clarence is. And like, I think I was very like, um, you know, like what I really like about Clarence as a character is like, he he's the best in everyone. And sometimes to a fault or like, maybe they don't always deserve it. Um, and then I think also what's kind of funny about Clarence is like his, he wants to help everyone, even if they don't really want his help or necessarily need his help, which I think is like a flaw that I find really funny. And like, you know, it's like, he's almost like meddling. Like I always say like with Belson, I was like, just leave him alone. Like he just, just leave the poor kid alone. Like I think Clarence is, is more not being a bully, but just sort of like, oh, this kid doesn't want you around. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know? And like, he, he just blindly thinks Belton is his best friend or something, which is very funny to me. He's a um, boy scout, you know, he's always trying to help even when he doesn't need to yeah, give. Even when he probably shouldn't like, he's like to the point where he's like meddling in things yeah. that he should stay away from. But I think, I think um, at least when I was a kid, I was a little more like that. Uh, and I think I also can get really excited about things and in, in the way that he does and maybe like get a little too excited about things and, and take them too far or whatever. Um, so I think in that sense, but What are yeah. some things you get too excited about? Um, I just think like sometimes I'll, I'll I, I think I used to do this more when I was younger, but like I would get excited about some idea where I would want to do something just purely for the sake that it was funny to me. And then I would kind of rope a bunch of friends into doing it too. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's something I think my brother is also like that too. Like when, when he turned 21, he had a Fred Flintstone themed birthday party, not the Flintstones, Fred, specifically only Fred. And <laughs> he's so funny. Like he pushed it so far to the extent where he was like, 
everyone who came to the party had to dress like Fred Flintstone. Not like just like Fred. It was only Fred. And then there were like Flintstones plates and like <laughs> he got he got boxes of the cigarettes that they used to advertise on the Flintstones, like Winston's, I think it was. And he wasn't even a cigarette smoker. Like he just thought it would be funny to have like trays of of Winston's out and just just like very bizarre. Uh, like it was just essentially like a, one big stupid joke that you know, like, wouldn't it be funny if I did this? But then actually doing it, and like, I think I think I have like a similar sense of humor to that. Where, and I think Clarence is like that too. Where it's like he he, you know, like we had him have a birthday party where everything had to be colored brown because he just wanted brown balloons and brown tablecloths. And so I think I think that in that way I'm similar to Clarence and maybe my brothers. <laughs> maybe that's where I got it from. I don't know. But yeah, fi finding something that you're excited about for whatever reason and then just like sticking to the bit no matter what, like maybe too, taking it too far, you know? <laughs> There's no such thing. I'm glad people like your brother exist. I, everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs a brother. It makes <laughs> everybody dress up like fucking Fred Flintstone. Only Fred, no Wilma, no, you know, just Fred. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember where this party took place? Please tell me it was out in public. It was on, he actually rented a, a houseboat. It was in, uh, we lived in Baltimore at the time and it was on this boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's very, very weird combination. Houseboat, Fred Flintstone party, but it was very, it was fun. It was funny and fun and weird. <laughs> is, is he older or are you older? He's older, yeah, he's older by a little bit, yeah. For about oh, like- man, that would have been fantastic. Is this, is this before camera phones? uh no i mean this was like i want to say like must have been like about 10 years ago so you know he's okay. he's like a year older than me so so they were around but there's there's some pictures somewhere i don't know where oh <laughs> man that... old, like flicker page or something or whatever <laughs> <laughs> on somebody's old myspace and tumblr page i'm sure um yeah exactly <laughs> uh okay he finished that one up uh I'm not, maybe you know what this one is. I, there's, okay. <clears throat> there's some, some things in here that people quote and my brain works specifically for quotes, but for something like this, it's like, they'll pull a line from the most obscure, right? Whatever. So I I'm, might not even know. I'd be like, oh, what episode was that? <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, if, if we have the skip, it will skip it. No problem. But uh, he said, Traven Jenkins, I think is his name. Or her name, excuse me. I thought that was the quote. I was like, well, that doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> now, uh, yes, my question is, what wasn't pretty? And the mountain lion, question mark, question mark. Thank you. What wasn't pretty? Yeah. What? Wait, sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah. I know the mountain lion. I know I know what episode that is when there, he there's what, the... He said, what wasn't pretty? Question mark, exclamation mark. And the mountain lion, question mark, question mark. Thank you. I don't know what that quote was. Does, does the animal control guy say like, oh, I've seen things that weren't pretty or is that what it was? I don't even remember. Maybe. That might be a pass for me. Sorry. Nonetheless, I asked the question. I will do some research and then I will I will get back with it. Um, Send me a tweet later or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dawson Films wants to know, what's his favorite thing Clarence has ever said? Oh, man. Clarence has ever said there's one line that I we would always like quoted each other where he was like 
And sometimes, I don't know why we'd always thought that was funny. Sometimes we would say that over and over again. That was more just like a, 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 a word than a thing that he said. I thought, oh, there's a joke I'm really proud of in that mountain lion episode where Clarence says, oh no, a bear, which was like very stupid that he thinks the mountain lion is a bear, but, but it was a fake commercial break joke where it like fades to black and then fades back up again at a slightly different angle. And he says the same line, which is, you know, something that like, if you watch TV on DVDs, it's like a 22 minute show, sure. like you're just watching it in sequence. There's no ad break. So that's like really jarring. And it was just like a very specific weird joke that I was happy we got in. Uh, so I guess that moment, oh, oh no, a bear. Funny to me. <laughs> it's, it's now that, now that you've brought that up, that, <laughs> a bear it I, that one's starting to come back because uh, like i said it's been a while since i've went back and rewatched this um so going back and re-rewatching <laughs> it has been uh really fun um this guy actually got super upset when i posted this question i think he gave me a thumbs down on one of my videos uh, uh -oh. i had to explain to him that i haven't talked i hadn't talked to you yet i was like I just, <laughs> it makes no sense of me going hey man if you could talk to, to spencer what would right. you ask him like 20 seconds before it's i'm like, about to talk to him come on how come you didn't do this before the video You're like what i did <laughs> I, I posted it and then he goes to my youtube page and i instantly get a thumbs down and he was like no clarence really? mad face mad face so i'm pretty sure he gave me a thumbs down for this but nonetheless i told him i'd ask him this question i mean more patient uh, Maybe he'll give you a thumbs up after this. Oh, man, I hope so. If not, he's going to get a middle finger up. Um, <laughs> Yeet, Yeet Boyo. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Sean. And all you have to do is Google this, Yeet Boyo. Uh, he wants to know, who is the youngest cast member? You know what? Actually, there's probably some younger kids that... Uh, I feel bad that I don't know the... I don't think. Who's the youngest ever? I don't know. A lot of the kids in the classroom are voiced by real kids. Um, and I don't remember the specific ages, but I definitely know that some of the kids that came in and did voices um, were younger than Sean. Um, but I don't know exactly, like, at the time who was the youngest ever. Well, Spencer, um, you just earned me another thumbs down. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, specifically. <laughs> oh, Yeet Boyo's gonna, gonna start Sorry, a Boyo. YouTube channel here. <laughs> Well, we tried, Yeet Boyo. Uh, just Google it. You'll figure it out. Just IMDb, uh, some sleuthing. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo the shit out of this thing. Uh, so <laughs> this one's... Some of these fucking names are so weird. Chelated Chillax, I think. Would you ever consider picking back up where you left off and creating more Clarence? Is that even an option at this point? Given the shows... Do you want to do this? There's like three parts in here. Do you want to do it one by one, or do you want to do it all so you can let it marinate? I'll do, do it all. Do it all? Okay. Yeah. So you ever consider picking it back up where you left off and creating more mm -hmm. Clarence? Is that even an option at this point? Giving the show success, I always wonder why it had to end after only a few seasons. So many fans would absolutely love to see more. You kind of answered that last one um, and you kind of answered the second one. Yeah. Um, but would you ever consider picking it back up right where you left off or would you want to tell, you know, a future S story? Maybe he's in middle school or high school type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to say. Like, like I was saying before, I, I think that some of my favorite stuff kind of ended before it went sour. And, and I would be afraid that 
we wouldn't be able to recapture that same magic. Like it would, yeah. you know, cause it's like whenever there's a reboot or a soft reboot or like a continuation of something way later, you always get that kind of feeling of like, ah, it doesn't quite feel something's off a little bit, you know? And like, I would be scared that that's what would happen with this, but I don't know. I think if the right group of people were doing it and there was like a really cool story that we came up with that we wanted to tell like i would consider it but yeah as far as i know it's not coming back and there's no like you know it's not on the table or anything like that i don't want to get anyone's hopes up <laughs> hey man in a world where everything is coming back and everything is in vogue i mean maybe one day we'll see it and hopefully we can get the entire yeah. casting crew back on it and just try to capture lightning in the bottle for a second time um might be cool <laughs> I would definitely enjoy it. Uh, this guy, OK Donut forty seven zero five. There was four thousand seven hundred four of them before him, or her. Excuse me. Uh, question from my nine year old brother who introduced me to Clarence. How was your? Ex oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, how I'm gonna read it just like he says or wrote it. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, how was your experience been as a voice actor in kids show? Also, are you voicing on any shows now? P.S. My little brother and I imitate your voice all the time. We love Clarence heart with an arrow through it. Uh, they didn't write that um, out. They just set that up as an emoji. Uh, the heart with the arrow through it. So I figured. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my experience in voice acting is like, you know, I did a ton of voice acting on Clarence. And then since then, I've done voices here and there, but nothing like as substantial. Um, and it's always really fun. I mean, I did a voice a couple times on Big City Greens, which is a Disney TV show. Um, I did a voice on this show called Animals on HBO, which was basically just the Clarence voice, but as a cat. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> which episode did you do? Uh, it's People's Republic of Kitty City or something like that. Um, I think it's in the last season, I want to say. Um, and then, yeah, what else have I done? I did some voices in a, a VR game that I worked on, but nothing like super major. Oh, I, I did I did the voice on uh, Victor Valentino as well um, for a character, but I've since like stepped down from that character and someone else is doing the voice, but I did that. But yeah, no, nothing super huge. Like I do, um, I'm still like doing auditions and stuff and I'm, I'm always down to do voices if anyone's watching this that's looking to cast, but yeah, it's, it's so fun. I love it. I love doing it. I would love to do more. Well, uh, speaking of sidebar, um, actually, just remind me, and as soon as we hit the stop button, I've actually got something that you might be interested in. I'm not doing it. I had a guy on here. Um, he's doing a Ed Edinetti. It's not associated at all with uh, Danny Antonucci, was the creator. Not mm -hmm. in, in, nothing with Cartoon Network, but he's doing a side project. And it I mean, the dude's racked up 109,000 subscribers and <clears throat> on YouTube alone in just the last year. And I know that, I don't know if he's looking for voice actors. However, um, you got some street cred here, Spencer, is what I'm getting at. So <laughs> I'm going to connect you and him and maybe, you know, something can come from it. Because like I said, I always like, you know, with him, I tried introducing him to everybody I could when I had everybody on the show. And he's actually got to talk to a lot of his heroes and vice versa, man. You guys don't know each other, but maybe something good will come from it, whether cool. it's just, you know, a connection or fuck if I know, but we'll figure it out down the road. But as soon as I hit sure, sure. or whatever it is, we'll talk about it. Um, and we're not even going to ask that question because we talked about him earlier. Um, so sorry, Soretti. 
Um, what's your favorite? So this one's from the Masked Hippo of Doom. Um, <laughs> interesting choice. What's your favorite character that's not Clarence? Oh man, uh, favorite. I love Belson. I love Jeff and Sumo. I don't know. They're all so good. Clarence's mom. I love Katie as Clarence's mom. Uh, man, Percy Gilbin. It's the weird silent kid that never talks. Um, there's so many fun ones. I don't know. I like Belson. I'll just say Belson for now. <laughs> Today it's Belson. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so Mundane Awareness 99, we answered your question. Elizabeth Danger, we answered yours. Looks like we got like two or three more. Uh, bruh, bruh moment, 1432. Um, was there a line in the show that really stuck with you? It's a bear? Is that is that a... <laughs> <laughs> that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, it's got to be that sometimes one. And sometimes... I'm trying to think... <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to like rewatch a bunch of episodes and then, you know, after I do this, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I should have said this, but ah, no worries. <laughs> sorry. We can just, we can just edit it in down the road, just send a little fucking video. We're like, oh, splice it in. And it'd be like some shitty spliced in thing where it's like our faces you moving, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just my jaw moving up and down like a puppet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, what were their fucking names from South Park? Um, my parents and Philip. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had a, I had a, Senior moment there for a second. Um, wet dog Wazowski. Uh, he wants to, he or she wants to know, excuse me, ask him about Claire, okay. Claire Oh, Claire Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that's a, uh, a mashup between, um, uh, oh God, I'm going to like mispronounce the name. Evangelion, is that how you say it? Yeah, Evangelion. Yeah. Losing my anime street cred. Uh, <laughs> mashed up with uh, Clarence that some of the storyboard artists and designers on the show did like a Tumblr, just kind of reimagining characters from Clarence as the characters from that show. Uh, it's pretty funny. I don't, that's it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and then, so these last two, and th this next one is not, I don't, I don't fucking know what he's asking or she's asking. <laughs> Necessary underscore cat five one three two is sumo. And then that was over a week ago and I asked what and they have not responded yet. So is sumo. Yes. There you go. Um, and our last question. Oh, fuck. Dwarded 04. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, how how did you get so much inspiration to create season one episodes? So I think mm. we kind of talked on, on that just a little bit to begin with where you were pulling in, you know, what did you have as a kid and stuff like that? But can you speak yeah. to maybe one specific story that you really brought in from your childhood? For season one? Or if that's too, or if that's too, yeah, narrow, yeah. open I it mean, to the entire series. Like one of the first episodes I wrote is uh, called Jeff's New Toy. And that one was like this kind of story, like sort of inspired by things from when I was a kid. Like when I was a very young kid, I had this teddy bear mm -hmm. and my brother dropped it in the toilet by accident. 
and and he was also a child and like in an attempt to dry it off he like lit a candle under it which kind of burns it a little bit and like there's a, a similar thing that happens where Clarence like he wants to play with this toy that Jeff has that he's like really psychotic about like don't touch leave it in the box you know and he of course ends up breaking it and then tries to repair it and makes it way worse um and I think another element that was my inspiration for my own life was like when I was maybe like I guess middle school age I like started collecting like Simpsons toys and I would have them in the box like that and was like really nerdy about it and I think that was partial inspiration for Jeff like you know, we tried to think of like, well, what's the most nerdy toy you could think of? And we uh, came up with Supreme Court Sw Squad Extreme, which is like, you know, what kid would want to be playing with Supreme Court justices like Jeff, you know? So, so that, I think that was kind of partial real life inspiration. But I think like in a more kind of like nuanced, like emotional kind of thing, like there's one episode later down the line where there's a character where they're they're like the new kid and they're having trouble meeting other kids and making friends and like my I moved around a lot I had a single mom and like we moved around a lot as, as a kid and like I think that was definitely partial inspiration for that character where it was like you know just trying to come up with things that were like either you know this is a real thing that I experienced as a kid that I've never seen on tv or this is like a tv cliche type of story but how do we make it feel like what would really happen and like what's funny about that you know where it's like subverting expectations of like, oh, well, if a kid was really in this situation, it might actually go this way. And that's funny, you know? Um, also like uh, there's this episode Lil Buddy with the creepy doll that you mentioned earlier, like uh, trying to think through the lens of a kid. And, you know, when you're a kid, there's so, you have so, so much, you have like no power and adults get, they have say over everything you do. And I think, trying to come up with a scenario where it's like Clarence missed recess. And to him, that was like the biggest injustice because he didn't deserve it. And it was because this like attention, uh, detention proctor or whatever recess proctor uh, forgot about him. She put him in timeout for too long. And when you're a kid, those little things feel so big and important. And I think that was also something we would try to think a lot of like, you know, what, how does that really feel when you're that age and like trying to honor that, but also see why it's funny as an adult, you know, like, yeah, who cares? It's just, you know, you'll go to recess tomorrow, but you know, making, making it feel as extreme as it maybe it did when you were that age. So there's, there's definitely a lot of inspiration from, from our childhoods and real life as much as we could. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've had, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had nothing but fun speaking with you, but, getting to peek behind the curtain of Clarence in any show I really get to have on here is gives me a greater appreciation for what you guys really go through. And it's not like you guys are sitting there just getting shit thrown at you all day and, you know, beating the shit out of you. Telling you got to do this. You got to do this. And not sitting there cracking a whip saying, we got to get these pages out now, you know, but you can really tell, like I've said, and I've said it fucking three, four times now, you guys can really tell there was so much heart and so much soul into this cartoon and it was on paper, it really shouldn't make sense. But when you sit here and you put all of these elements from you guys' writing to everybody that really just put in the work for voice acting, man, 
you know, you've got all of these circumstances going on or all of these things in play. And when you guys start working together, it starts becoming, you know, cohesive and everything starts moving with, with like, a, like a wave. God damn, I'm having a stroke now at the end of this, this podcast. Um, everything comes and ebbs and flows, man. And that's what it felt like. It really felt like you guys hit a stride. You hit a groove, man. There was no filler whatsoever in this show. And it's not like there was some grand scheme when it came to the end of the show. The show, you know, for me, I got to just sit here and enjoy it with my son. We got to bond over something, you know, he was into some, I don't want to say really weird shit because we're all into some really weird shit, but trying to get into <laughs> some of the cartoons he would watch. I just I couldn't do it. And when yeah. this one came on, you know, like this one, like regular show, uh, what was another one? Um, shit. It was gravity falls was another one. You know, there was very few cartoons that we could actually both sit down and watch and really enjoy. And Clarence out of those two or three were always my favorite to watch with them because like I could see him just like red in the face laughing. Cause my, my son, he's got a little gap in his teeth. Um, so, so does Clarence. I just look at him and I'm like, Oh man, this is what this little fucker would be doing. Uh, if he had three friends or two friends out in the jungle and shit, and they're just playing make believe, man. So it, it really felt like it was a, just a whimsical playland. It felt like there was so much things you could see and do in this, this universe that you guys created and you guys knocked it out of the fucking park, Spencer. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that. No, like, like I said, man, um, this show is going to go down is one of those shows that, I hope more people with HBO and Hulu, I hope more people see this show. Um, yeah, because this show is just one of those shows that, that just keeps on giving, man. Every episode is full of laughs. Every episode is just, it's fun. It's fun. At the end of the day, it's just fun, man. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to the fans before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, I guess just thank you so much for your questions and thanks for being a fan of this thing that, I love and I love that I got to work on and I'm just happy that people out there really love it too. Um, yeah. And then I guess, uh, oh yeah, I should do some plugs. Uh, Victor yeah. Valentino, you got some season two episodes coming soon. And then season three is going to be very exciting and different. So look out for that. Um, that's Which all I can say. I'm sorry. Where can we watch it on when it when it hits? Oh yeah, it's on Cartoon Network. Um, so Cartoon. Watch it on Cartoon Network. And if you haven't seen the show and you have HBO Max, the first season is on there um, of Victor and Valentino. And then for Clarence, the entire series is on there. So if you're a fan that's only seen it on Hulu, or maybe you watched it on TV, maybe you missed some episodes, they're all on HBO Max. So that's the place to go. Beautiful, man. There we go. We're going to watch it on HBO Max. Ladies and gentlemen, he's been Spencer. I've been Julian. This has been the What's in the Hot Podcast, and we are out of time. Thank you so much, and I will see you guys when I see you. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.